0: This sermon was recorded at the Church of Christ, Wheeler area, located at 1500 South Allen L. Bean Boulevard in Wheeler, Texas. Our regular meeting times are at 10.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. each Sunday. Come join us as we seek to worship God in spirit and in truth. What do you think when you see this phrase? What is expected? That can cover a lot of area and a lot of places Uh, 20, 25 years ago, Don LaRue Willingham and Becky and I went to Branson for the first time. And back then, it was not uncommon to go to a motel and say, can we get a key and look at the room? And we did that. And we came back out and the lady said, well, we're going to get this. And Don looked at them and said, nope, looks like somebody changed the oil in that room. So, it didn't meet our expectations. We went somewhere else and we got a room elsewhere. Brandon's took a job in Wheeler and Pampa wherever he goes. There's certain things he expects. He expects to be paid in an orderly manner. They expect him to show up. They expect him to take care of his job subscription. So let's look at some areas in our spiritual life that and see if we're meeting our expectations. What about the family? I don't see many people here without a family. So let's think about that. A family should expect love. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself. And the wife see that she reverence her husband. I looked up uh, reverence. It's a Greek word, uh, You know, one of the things was afraid or fear. See, that the wife is afraid or a fear. But I think the true meaning is in awe of. Wives, I'm sure you're in awe of your husband. I didn't ask any wives this, but I'm sure that's the truth. But love is so important in a family. You know, we look at families that you'll say, well... We fell out of love. They feel they fall in love, then they fall out. So the divorce rate is roughly thirty-seven percent in the United States, and that rate is down from the previous years. And me, with my uh, feeble mind, I said, "Well, sure, people just live together now. They don't get married, so if they're not married, they can't get a divorce." So I think our society far as the family goes is in trouble and when the family is in trouble then ends up churches are in trouble so let's think a little further in first Corinthians 7 and 1 now concerning the things whereof you wrote unto me it is good for a man not to touch a woman nevertheless to avoid fornication let every man have his own wife and let every woman have her own husband Let the husband render unto his wife do benevolence, and likewise also the wife unto the husband. Benevolence, we could substitute the word kindness. Let the husband render to the wife uh, kindness. Let the wife do likewise. And the thing I'm wanting to key on here is the part of having sex prior to marriage, out of marriage, with someone you're not married to. One of our evangelists uh, said that it's nearly impossible for teenagers to get out of high school without being losing their virginity, virginity. Our girls are gone. Boys, it's a sin to have sex with someone you're not married to. That's as plain as I can get it you don't want a child to raise when you're 15 16 years old and now because of reversing Roe versus way we get kill that baby that unwanted baby we can't kill them anymore which i say thank you to our government for that so when spouses are not faithful the family fall apart when you are having sex outside of, of marriage it creates all kind of complication everybody's doing it is not the way God wants it. Let's go a little further. 1 Timothy 5 and 8. But if any provide not for his own, and especially those of his own house, he hath denied the faith, and is worse than an infidel. An infidel is a heathen, an unbeliever. So if you won't provide for your own family, you're a heathen, you're an unbeliever. Years ago, we worked with a fella, and his family was going hungry because he is addicted to gambling and going to the casinos. They went hungry. He took what he made working, and he was a hard worker, but he used it up. He was addicted to that. And, you know, we see people on the streets, in any any major town, there's somebody begging. And Matthew, thank you for telling us about that veterans have all kinds of resources. So anytime Becky and I see a veteran up there begging for money, she wants to say, go talk to Matthew. He'll tell you what to do. I mean, some of these people that are, Freeloaders are very wealthy. I mean, they make good money begging for money. Let's go a little further. Titus 2 and 1. But speak thou things which become sound doctrine, that the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, in charity, in patience. The aged women likewise, that they be in the behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given too much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Young men likewise exhort to be sober-minded, in all things showing thyself a pattern of good works, in doctrine showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity, sound speech speech that cannot be condemned, that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. Our young people need a pattern. Ladies take a pattern and cut out material, and they make a garment. Builders have a pattern, they cut a pattern, they make a building of some type. Young people need a pattern on how they to live. They need a pattern that they need to be in church. They don't miss the assemblies. They need to be in church. Anytime the doors open, they need to be there. They need a pattern on how to dress, to be modest in their dress. They need a pattern on how to talk to people, how to treat people. I was talking to a person not long ago and they had extra visitors coming and some of them came back again because their young people was so friendly and greeted them. Not just the older people, the young people was, hey, I'm glad you're here, come back. That's something maybe we can do is get the young people more involved in greeting our visitors. Training. Rick, you got some of my fire up there. Uh, Proverbs 22 and 6, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. Now, I'm going to misquote this. Train him up a child in the way he should not go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. I think that's true, too. Maybe even this, don't train a child and see what happens. Parents, you owe that to your children. Children, expect that from your parents. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. Spankings are necessary. Spankings are directed from God. Christy told a story that years ago she was in Norman I think and one of the boys deserved a spanking so she drove down an alley to spank him. One of the other boys said mama why do we have to hide for a spanking? Things have changed. An individual uh, was spanking a child at Stratford Church. The police showed up. They had went outside to Paddle a kiddo. The police showed up. Everything was fine after that. But that's what the Bible says. Young men, when you're foolish, just raise your hand. Tell them you're ready for a spanking, okay? A little further. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. I noticed this morning Garland highlighted some things he thought that is important. I do too. Let me highlight something that I think is important. This whole scripture. How many of you as a family sit down and read? We've heard the old saying, a family that prays together stays together. I'm going to put a family that reads together, stays together. It will benefit you to have a family time of reading from the Word of God. It will benefit you. When you're not able to read, you miss it. So if you don't read together as a family, start. It's important. This is important. If you get one thing today, I, I want it to be this. Start reading as a family together. Okay, let's switch gears. What does the church expect? Matthew six and thirty-three. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. On your list of priorities, where is the church serving God? Is it on the back burner? Where is it? Where is it? It We should be putting it first in our life. And I know from time to time, it gets put on the back burner. Maybe it gets completely cold. This was touched this morning. I think it was highlighted too. About attending the services. My question is, if you're going to provoke me or stir me up, And you're not there, you can't do it. You have to be there. If you're going to exhort me, you have to be there. If you're going to invite people to church, you've got to be there too to welcome them. Church attendance is so critical. I'll, I'll even put this. Your eternity depends upon it. Heaven or hell depends on it. If it's so easy to miss, you may miss out on a home in heaven. The church believes in support. We talked about this, Bonnie did at communion today. Now concerning the collection of the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do you. Upon the first day of the week, let every One of you lay by him in store as God has prospered him that there be no gatherings when I come. We talked about between services that it cost a lot to fill up our tank. That things had went up. I bought some water the other day for the church building. Thinking it would be $3 and whatever. It was $6 for bottled water. Yeah, every one of you knows what I'm talking about, the pinch with inflation the way it is. The church has inflation too. Our, our insurances went up. Utilities are up. Everything is up. So we have to continue to give. The church expects that. And, and I'm, I know I'm preaching to the choir, so uh, that's fine. Think about this. A very familiar verse. Bear you one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Our members expect this. For us to bear when they're having trouble. They expect us to help out. They expect us to be there. And if that don't happen, we're not living up to our expectations. This church also expects us to teach. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even into the end of the world. Yes, we have people that teach publicly. We have people that teach at homes, in studies. We talked to a lady not long ago at work, and this was a school there was a youth minister from a denomination there. And they got to talking about baptism. She says, you bring me verses. How that you don't have to be baptized to be saved. I will bring you verses on why the Lord says you have to be baptized. She did. He didn't. So she kept on. She says, have you read them? No, I hadn't. And she kept after him till she had read them. She never got a verse on why you can just do something else and not be baptized. So there's the ability to teach wherever you are. You can do that. As a result of teaching, the church has a right to expect we grow. Praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily, such be saved. That that's what we for. We have part of our goals to gain families, to grow. Another item, and we're just catching basic things today, is expects us to be in good behavior. First Timothy 3 and 15. But if I tarry long that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of truth. I talked to a guy once, won't you come to church with us? He was not happy where he was. And his answer was, so-and-so goes to church with y'all, and he's wronged me. I told him, I said, I'm sure he's sorry. We'll get together with him, and he'll apologize. I know he was, but he he was the type of fellow that got his feelings hurt easily, I think. But we need to be aware of that. The way we conduct our life, our behavior out in town or wherever can affect people wanting to come to church here. And the church has a right to expect us to live like a Christian if we're wearing that title. What about what God expects? Let's think about that. Here's some of Sean's uh, from last week. While he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud that said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. He went over that very well last Sunday, Revelation 2 and 11. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit hath said unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. God expects us to listen. God expects us to hear what he says. Remember how Sean talked about being in the assembly, in the worship service, and paying attention. God has a right to expect us to love Him. We have a commandment, and this is read because Jesus said it. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is likened to it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Who is first? What is first in your life? Is it your job, sports, family, hobbies? Think about it. What is first in your life? Are you putting God first? Is that quite on your mind so much? Do you get revved up about that? God has the right to expect us to worship Him. John 4 and 23 But the hour cometh, and now is, when true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. How do you worship? When you're here, how do you worship? You know, I've watched TV, and and the Muslims may be on their knees, and are they going all? How do you worship? Do you really concentrate and worship? Sean mentioned, you know, if you're here in the worship where we're worshiping right now, you're not trimming your nails, you're not on your iPhone, your iPad. I, I, I must say that we worship, we're really concentrating, we're really Thinking about serving and pleasing God. You know, sometimes I think, well, we're going to church. We get in there and we're in church. We're going to sing. You know, this is good. This is good. But we really think about we're worshiping our Lord God. Do you really worship Him? I think I can make improvements on really concentrating and worshiping our God and Father. It bothers me when, after I studied this a little bit that I'm, I'm falling short in worshiping. He's a spirit and sometimes I think I'm, if I'm in the chair, I'm okay. In Romans 6 and 17, But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin and that you obeyed from the heart the form of doctrine which was delivered you. We've heard the plan of salvation. We know it. I expect everyone here can quote it. So my question is, have you? If you know it, have you done it? Are you obeying his laws? And we hadn't carried all of the law. This this is simple, basic stuff. But are you really being obedient? Let's think about this too And what God expects he expects our best let's read a parable in Mark 12:41. Now Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury and many that were rich cast in much and there was a certain widow and she threw in two mites which make a farthing and he called unto his disciples and said unto them verily verily I say unto you That this poor widow has cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast in of their abundance. But she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. This isn't really about giving. It's about giving all. Are you putting forth your best to serve the Lord in the worship service? In attendance, are you doing your best in attendance? Are you doing your best in exhorting one another when we come to church? Are you doing your best at inviting people? Offering to study with people? In prayer, do you pray enough? And Do you teach enough? Are you doing your best there? God expects that. Are you doing your best? Think about this. I can't answer this for you. I can answer it for me. What do you think? There's a couple things that's going to happen if you don't meet expectations. Matthew 25 and 23. The Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joys of the Lord. You remember, this is the parable of the talents. One had five, one had two. They went out and they used it. They tried. They worked at it. They give it their best shot. This was the answer. If you hear these words at the judgment, that will be the most joyous thing you ever hear. That's what every one of us are here for, is to reach heaven. That'll be the greatest day of your life. Or, same chapter, verse 30. Cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness, and there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The one talent man. He was afraid. He hid his talent. He did not try. This is the most horrible day that any of us can go through. I've never been in such bad condition that I wanted to gnash my teeth. But knowing what God can do, you do not want to do this. Here's the final slide. What will you hear on the day of judgment? Are you meeting expectations? Do you need to make some changes? Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you have questions about what you have heard or would like to know more information, please contact us by emailing cfcwheelerarea at gmail.com. Or look us up on Facebook or Instagram and send us a message there.